It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Superior Sports Talk with Reggie Wilson and Luke Inman, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Back at it, back in the lab, Reggie and Luke, another episode of Superior Sports Talk presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota. What's happening, Reggie? What's up, man? I think the allergies are kicking both of our butts Woo. today, but you know what? We good. We good. Yeah. Let's I do mean, this. Much like Minnesota sports, we're struggling, but we're powering oh, no. through here. We're trying, man. Yep, wild oh, season. No. Officially over. Where do we go from mm. here? Twins bats. Ice cold after getting swept by the Astros. We'll break all that down. Plus, later, I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. It's all coming up on Superior Sports Talk. But first... If you enjoy Superior Sports Talk, you'll also enjoy our other daily show with former NFL receiver Ron Johnson. Ron offers a unique view of an athlete-turned-broadcaster and brings your high-profile guests like Braylon Edwards, Adam Thielen, and Robert Smith. Subscribe Mm -hmm. to Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel or your favorite podcast feeds so you never miss an episode. All right, Reggie, well, I don't want to, but uh, I think (laughs) legally we're contractually obligated to talk about what happened last night man not much of a game though wild lose 5-1 they go out in game six their season officially comes to an end quick recap about the game itself then we'll get into maybe their season as a whole but the wild outshot the blues in the first period like 12 to 6 and you go in the second period down one nothing cam talbot lets in what a lot of people thought were kind of an easy one you knew he would have some rust to shake off and he did frustrating to say the least but what was wild no pun intended here was things got only more frustrating after that dumb penalties letting the blues cash in on two more power play goals they go up three zil in the second flip the script and the wild once again reggie just nowhere to be found on special teams 0 for 5 on the power play last night. And the majority of those, I mean, really just kind of awful power play possessions in their own right. One of the more notable lifeless performances in a must-win game from a Minnesota sports team we've seen. Reggie, just maybe your quick takeaways from last night first. Man, it's tough because just watching that play out last night, it was just like, dang, man, this is cruel. Like, you see how the Viking season ended. And then you see how the Timberwolves season ended. And now you see how the Wild season ended. And it's just crazy because, like, with the Timberwolves and with the Wild, like, you thought, like, maybe they had some magic to to do some things, you know? And the talent is there. But for some reason, both of those teams get bounced in six games. And you're just like... Dang, man, like what happened? Like what? And they were both you up know, 2-1, too. That's, it hurts a little more, too, knowing you were It up. does. And and tough enough for the Wild, just after that 2-1, they just couldn't do anything else. Like they, they just got beat the rest of the way. And that's a tough, tough pill to swallow, especially with everything that they did to try to become Stanley Cup contenders. It's just tough. I thought it was unfair in the first place that they had to match up against the Blues in the first round because it's just like, dang, like that's the matchup you you get, you know, round one for all of your hard work and all of your efforts this season. You got to match up against the Blues round one. But like 
they were able to play with them. And they showed them that through three games. And so I, I just think it's tough, man. It's just like, dude, in in a an elimination game with your back against the wall, that's the type of performance that you have? Like, that's what you come out and do? Like, I don't know if they were just too tight, too tense, like – but but it just it didn't work out. It didn't look good, and it was just a miserable, miserable finish. You you kind of just started to look at the time and just say like, "Dang man, like how long is this gonna happen? Let's get like, how out long? Of here. Let's yeah. just get it over with." Like you know, just sticking the knife in us yeah. just even more. Just can we end this thing already? Finish him. Yeah, all that talk of how fun this team has been, all the records broken, most wins this season, most goals in a season, something like 30 different goal scorers. Kaprizov, Mm. just a one-man machine, most points, goals, and assists in a season. And unfortunately, it just kind of all means nothing because much like 2017, as we talked about earlier this week, the last time the Wild set records and had a fun, magical ride during the regular season, they take a first-round exit to who else? Their kryptonite, the St. Louis Blues. And I'm going to give some major props to the Blues because I'll just say that's a hell of a team, man. And unless you mm-hmm. just wanted to be a completely biased fan during that entire series, which you have every right to do, yeah. you couldn't watch those last three games and say to yourself, you know what? I think this Blues team's maybe just be flat out better than us. You want the best team to win. The best team won that series, just just flat out. And also, it's, it's an absolute shame, and you just touched on it, that the NHL playoffs are set up like this because you just had two of the top teams in the Western Conference mm-hmm. go toe-to-toe in round one, and now somebody gets booted out early, and this time it was the Wild. It sucks, it hurts, it stings, but... We said it the last two weeks right here, Reggie, to be the best, you got to beat the best, and the Wild couldn't do that. And just like 30 other teams in the NHL, their season ended sooner than they wanted, but that's life. All right, well, we we already touched on it yesterday, but real quick, Reggie, I know it's way too early for you to even start thinking about this stuff, but appease me here. Play with me just for a second. You've seen how good the Wild can be, and then we've seen how good these other top playoff teams are, like the Blues and the Avalanche. So knowing what we know what needs to happen next year to take that big step towards a championship run not just the playoffs but the championship run it's got to start with getting Kaprizov more consistent help around him because I just don't think he can keep this one-man show up forever yeah I think they have some decisions to make about Dumba about Spurgeon um I, I don't know if Flower will be back um Cam Talbot play well enough this season, uh, at times dominant during the season, uh, but they're going to have to figure out something at goaltender as well. You know, we didn't touch on it much, but I don't hate the decision to put him in net in game six. I think it was a very, 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 very tough situation to put him in, but I mean, he was just, you know, Coach Everson was just trying to do something different to, you know, hopefully provide a jolt or a spark to this team. And it just didn't work out, man. We saw it work out with the Blues earlier in the series. But, you know, maybe just call it Minnesota sports, man. It just didn't didn't work out in the Wilds' favor doing the same thing. And so, you know, it's tough. It was tough to see him go out like that. And it's tough to see that they would have any type of season that was comparable to this season next year. You know, you got $9 million in cap space. 
and you got some decisions to make about, like I said, Dumba and uh, Spurgeon and Fiala. And it's just like, well, like, I know they want to be competitive year in and year out, and they're not going to be satisfied with another first-round exit. So I'm sure the fire burns to to get back again. But it's just like, I don't know if the team next year will have as much firepower as this one did. But then it's just like, well, how much firepower did they really even have? Because, you know, they just turned flat once you got to game four and beyond in this series in the playoffs. And so, you know, they got some decisions to make. I would not want to be Billy Guerin right now. Kevin Fiala, he's going to want to be paid as a number one type of guy, but you just you don't know what you're going to get. Red hot going into the playoffs. Ice cold just disappeared. Like a lot of players, though, not just all on Fiala by any means. going right. to be very interesting, like you said. I mean, is this kind of the year? The expectations now, the bar has been set to a certain precedent now for them to go in a, you know, a little mini rebuild. Look at what the Vikings did, mm-hmm. right? Like, as uh, a little mini rebuild, but we're also going to be competitive at the same time. Tough mm-hmm. to do that, actually, though, in sports year in and year out. So going to be interesting to see what kind of offseason the Wild have. Coming up. Twins trying to warm up some ice-cold bats, and later I'm putting Reggie on the hot seat with what does it mean. But first, do you want instant post-game reaction from insiders that cover your favorite teams? Check out our Lockdown Sports Minnesota podcast on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Following every Twins, Vikings, Wilds, or Wolves game, our Lockdown team hosts are broadcasting live with team insiders like Kevin Gorg for the Wild and Brandon Warren for the Twins. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Minnesota YouTube channel. All right. Well, Reggie, it's been red hot in the Twin Cities. 90 degrees yesterday, 70s and 80s forecasted all week. The Twins could use a little bit of that heat because their bats have been ice (laughs) cold, man. They get swept by the Astros, scoring just three runs in three games. Astros, meanwhile, win their 10th game in a row. They win the doubleheader yesterday. They sweep the Twins. But the Twins get their first real punch in the mouth, so to speak, since the beginning of the season after relying on pitching to carry them through their hitting slumps. Chris Archer and Josh Winder couldn't get the jobs done, and the Twins lose again 11-3 and 5-0 in yesterday's doubleheader. Reggie, is it just as simple as getting Carlos Correa back, who leads the team in batting, or is this not just a one-man job? No, it's not a one-man job. You know, they need they need Buxton to continue to be the guy that he's been uh, this season. And I think these next few series will kind of give them a chance to get some get back right. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they 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 met a team that was at their level or maybe above their level at this point, and it didn't work out. Didn't work out at all. Got swept. And so I think that was a wake-up call probably for this team. Like, oh, man, we got to get better. You know, we say we have championship expectations, but then we do this. And it's just like, well, like, we got to go back to the drawing board. We got to figure some things out. And, you know, playing against some of the competition that is coming up, you know, it's going to give them a chance to kind of get some confidence back with them and, and really kind of like maybe get healthy a little bit more and maybe tinker with some things and try to figure something out as these next few weeks play out. And hopefully, you know, it comes with a lot of wins so they can kind of keep pace in that division and and kind of stay ahead in that division uh, because you just – you don't 
think that the White Sox are going to continue to struggle. You know, uh, not sure what to expect from Cleveland. I guess we'll see what happens with that series this weekend. And so they, they've got some work to do, but you've seen the, the pieces, you've seen the stretches before, you know, during this season to, to kind of make you think that, like, they can turn some things around and they can they could be a good baseball team. The Twins ranked 17th in batting average, 20th in runs scored so far. Far from lighting the world on fire by any means. And right, if you're right. going to find yourself in first place after those kind of numbers offensively, it means your pitching has been carrying your team. And that's exactly what's happened for the Twins up to this point. Chris Paddock, meanwhile, lands on the 60-day DL. That one stings tough, something you noted tough. with the strong likelihood, Reggie, earlier in the week. The Twins will try their luck with Sony Gray against the Guardians tonight. As you mentioned, they take on this nice little soft spot in their schedule against the Guardians. They start with the three-game series tonight. They're a little banged up. They got some COVID issues going on specifically. Then Oakland, one of the worst teams in the game right now. We just swept them last weekend. And then Kansas City, Detroit, Kansas City, Detroit. That's a stretch of 21 games where you hope the Twins can make some damage before things start to get real again with Yankees, Blue Jays, mm. Red Sox. I mean, it gets really tough. So this is a great time to tinker and just kind of compare and contrast, switch guys up in the lineup. Whatever you got to do, let Rocco Baldelli get creative. This is that time right now. Hopefully you can find some momentum and keep that first place ground during this stretch before, again, things get pretty tough and we start to get get kind of in the thick of the summer first of a three-game series with cleveland that's first pitch tonight at 7 10 right here at target field all right well favorite time has come i'm putting reggie on the hot seat once again covering all the latest hot topics in minnesota sports reggie can you handle the heat are you ready to roll Let's do it. So the long-awaited NFL schedule was finally released last night. The Minnesota Vikings, they were handed three primetime games. We knew Mm -hmm. about week two at Philly, Monday Night Football. We knew about week four at London versus the Saints. But week 12 versus the Patriots at home Thanksgiving night, the third of three games on Thanksgiving, will be aired on NBC. Reggie, what does it mean when assessing the Vikings? Just kind of strength of schedule at first glance. What games are you kind of highlighting? What games stand out here as you see the full script of the schedule top to bottom? I think it means they're going to have to bring it like early on this season. You, You look at some of these opponents and you got Packers right out of the gate. That's going to be tough. That one's always tough. But they they play pretty well against the Packers uh, at home, so we'll see what happens there. Then you go on the road next week at Philly, and that's going to be tough on uh, Monday night in prime time. Like, you got to bring it that night. And at first, you know, you would think, like, okay, maybe they get a little bit of reprieve in week three against the Lions, but – Shoot, the Lions are 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 going to be better than they've been the last few years as well. Um, they still got Jared Goff at quarterback, so uh, but but he's now got some more uh, weapons on the outside, like Jamison Williams to throw to. I don't know if he'll even be ready to go at that point, but we'll see. And then you go to London, like this is a tough stretch. Then you go to London and you play the Saints. The Saints are going to be, you know, much improved as well. You got Jameis coming back. And, you know, now he's got Olave to throw to, and and that defense is going to be good. And that's just going to be a tough one being over in, in London. You know, players talk about the jet lag and all that stuff. Then you got, 
You, you come back home and you play the Bears. There's it, like no rest in between that game from London. So I really don't know how the players are going to, you know, adjust to that. And then you, you go to Miami after that against the Dolphins. Like, that's going to be tough considering all the retooling that the Dolphins have done. And now you got to go against Tyreek Hill. You know, that that's going to be a big test for the the new and improved revamped secondary. Interesting to see who they're going to line up against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. And so, and then you come back home and you play the Cardinals. Got the Commanders, then the Bills, the, the Cowboys. You saw what happened with the Cowboys. Then you go to the Patriots, the Jets. They got the Colts at home. Uh, and then you got the Giants on Christmas Eve. Not really sure what to expect from them. Then you go on the road to end the season at Green Bay, at Chicago. Those are no easy feats, especially late in the season, and it's going to be cold. It's going to be really cold in both of those places uh, come January. And so this season, I, I think the I think the strength of schedule is, is going to be tough, and I think it's going to you know be a good kind of, you know, introduction into the NFL head coaching ranks for um, Kevin O'Connell. And so you'll see how this team is built. You'll see if they're if they're built to last and built to compete against these guys. And so I think the w- what you can hopefully hope for is maybe 11 wins, maybe 11 wins, but that's just going to be tough, man. Like you look at that schedule and no game on that schedule is a gimme, I feel like. Reggie, I I don't see a loss, man. I'm looking. I can't find a loss. 17 and, oh, we're coming. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I was about I, to say, you drink some, <laughs> you, you, you've been drinking this morning? Too much time at Mad yeah. Dog 40-40 Too much cold. This morning. Yeah, too much. Cold 45 this yeah. morning? Yeah. Uh, sipping on Grandpa's uh, cough medicine over here. <laughs> no, it, it's a lot of great points, Reggie. Um, I think first and foremost – we can't keep assuming we've done this for 15 years. We can't just keep assuming we're going to beat the Lions twice every year. The Lions are getting no. better. And yeah. what I always like to do is I try to find the easy stretch and the toughest stretch. And, you know, right out the gate, you think maybe, all right, well, uh, you can go at home Lions. And then maybe New Orleans, maybe this is the year they, they finally regress a little bit, come back to the mean. You catch them maybe flat-footed in London. Uh, and then you come back at home against Chicago. Maybe that's a little bit easy stretch. But I'm telling you right now, do not write off the Lions. I would rather write off the Bears before I write off the Lions. And yeah. the Bears, man, the Vikings always, always have a tough time, at least at Soldier every single year. So the easy stretch is kind of tough to find. I think maybe at home against the Jets. And then again, maybe again at Detroit. I mean, okay, they're not going to light the world on fire. But I think, again, as we saw last year, Dan Campbell has that team heading in the right direction for sure. Colts at home, Giants at home. I think that's huge. You know, just looking at specific players, you mentioned, is Jamison Williams going to be back for the Lions week three? I don't think he will. I think he's scheduled mm-hmm. to miss for six to eight games. That could be nice. And then the other thing, you were hoping to catch the Cardinals one of those first six weeks while DeAndre Hopkins is still off the field with his suspension. I think he comes back after six weeks, so he'll be fresh and ready to roll. Nice to get, the, again, though, the Cardinals and the Colts at home. One thing I did notice, no West Coast games. Nope. No West Coast games. None. This the furthest, East Coast lifestyle this year. Yeah. I mean, usually you get, you know, a couple West Coast games, San Francisco or Seattle, Arizona. We play them a lot, usually on the road, whatever it may be. But the Vikings will not be traveling west 
at all this season. So interesting to know. The tough part of the schedule, though, man, at Buffalo, and at least you got these next two at home, but Dallas Cowboys, New England Patriots, that's a tough little stretch right there. The game before even Buffalo is on the road again against the Commanders. Ooh, so, that Buffalo game. Ooh, Lord yeah, Jesus. man. Woo. Yeah. If they Von Miller coming after Kirk Cousins oh every, every snatch. We'll do this later on here as the season offseason progresses. It's fun to find the little matchups, though. Like you mentioned, Von Miller versus Christian Garrison, whoever it may mm-hmm. be. But um, we'll get into that as the offseason continues. But I think if they can stay afloat and get through those first, you know, five, six games at four and two, we'll see. They have a good shot of being, like you said, a 10 or 11 win team. Those last two games, though, man, going to be mighty cold at Green Bay at Chicago no to end your season, you know, playoff implications will be on the line for sure. Um, following the NFL schedule release, ESPN put up an article with a bold prediction for mm. every NFL team. Kevin Seifert, who covers the Vikings in the NFC North, he wrote this for the Vikings. The Vikings are making the playoffs in Coach Kevin O'Connell's first season. They won't beat the mm. Packers for the NFC North title, but O'Connell has inherited a talented offense and will bring with him a scheme that helped win Super Bowl last year when he was the Rams offensive coordinator. Reggie, what does it mean for the, maybe the public's perception of the Vikings chances for success this season? A quick side note before you answer that Vegas recently noted over the last maybe four or five, six days, the Vikings have been a heavy favorite as of late as betters have jumped all over. I think they're at about 18 to one to win the NFC championship and two to one to win the NFC North. Those odds have dropped quite a bit because so much money has been put on them. So clearly something's going on with the public's perception of maybe the Vikings not necessarily being a Super Bowl team, but being a maybe under the radar type of team that maybe not a lot of experts is starting to figure out quite yet. Yeah, and I think um, if you watched the Vikings last year, you saw a team that was very, very talented, but yes. just played some of those games. It's just like, dude, what? Like, they were there mm-hmm. in so many of those games, one possession, oh. one-point games, yep. and, and they, they found a way to lose those games. And so I think you saw a playoff team last year that just underachieved. And I think, you know, with new coaching – and, you know, new breath in there, new culture and all that stuff. I think, you know, people are hoping that they take that next step under this new coaching staff and new regime to be better and to make the playoffs. And I think that is what Kevin Seifer was kind of alluding to. You know, uh, the the coaches from the Rams coaching tree have had quite a bit of success when you talk about Matt LaFleur you talk about Zach Taylor, and now you're you're talking about Kevin O'Connell coming off a of Super Bowl. He knows what it takes to have a successful offense in this NFL, and you hope to see him kind of take this Vikings offense to the next level with all the pieces that they have in place, and you hope that the defense can be complementary to this offense and, and they can win some football games this year. I think the Vikings have the talent to compete with just about everybody this season but what you want to see is them put it together and i think this is going to be a a a test for this coaching staff because like all the talent is there and what the vikings basically said is that mike zimmer couldn't get it done anymore 
They needed a new voice in there. They needed a new presence in there to take them over the top because, you know, Kwesi talked about this being a competitive rebuild. They think this roster as it stands is good enough to win significant football games this year. And so now the onus, the pressure is on the coaching staff to get them to that next level and to kind of see, you know, the, the outsiders have the, the expectations, you know, of of this team being good this year. And now it's on the coaching staff to kind of meet those expectations. And I know nobody has higher expectations than them. I, when I was a kid, watched football or sports in general – I never realized or understood the magnitude and the importance of coaching. I thought uh, mm -hmm. if you, you just throw it to your bet. You just design the plays for your bet. You got Randy Moss or Barry Saint. Just get the ball to them. But as I've gotten older, I think this is even more true the last five, 10 years. Coaching is so important, specifically in the NFL. And Mike Zimmer, as you mentioned, for a variety of reasons, it wasn't just one thing. He had early success, but towards the end was just not getting it done and was – I think a lot of people will agree was too stubborn. I mean, stubborn to a fault that he wouldn't adjust to the new league, the new pass-happy league, kind of the new tendencies, the way the rules favor certain things. Mm -hmm. And they went out and got a guy that is all of those things. I mean, a guy that that is totally adjusted to, again, the new pass-happy league. I mean, he comes from the Sean McVay tree. I'm excited, again, to see this transition because the roster was already talented, but the head coach uh, needed to be uh, addressed, and certainly that was the case. I'm just looking at some of the other games. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to look at this real quick, but we talked about Chiefs and Buccaneers. That's going to be an amazing game. Pretty much anything with the Chiefs or Bucks is, are going to be a great game. Yeah. Um, give me just one other game, just non-Vikings, that you're looking forward to. i got to go Bills at Chiefs October 16th because last year's playoffs was the most exciting playoffs, top to bottom. Uh, every, every game was just down to the wire. But that Bills-Chiefs game was maybe the best non-Viking game I've ever seen. So I'm looking forward to that rematch. Is there one other game uh, that you're looking forward to seeing now that you've seen the schedule? Uh, I like, it's funny enough, I like some of these week one matchups. You talk about yeah. uh, the Broncos and the Seahawks. Like, Russ got to go back to Seattle in week one to play. Already. Like the week NFL, yeah, NFL y'all ain't slick. I see y'all. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Uh-huh. You don't think I see, but I do. Okay. And then you talk about you talk about the Bills at the Rams week one. You know, mm. uh Vaughn just won a Super Bowl with the Rams and now he's going back as a Buffalo Bill. And I think that's gonna be who like Buffalo is gonna be one of those teams this year that's gonna be hungry, that's gonna be like, you know, they they kind of feel slighted after what happened in the playoffs last year. And and that that was a good football team. And I think, you know, they kind of retooled, kind of got some more pieces in there, and I think they're going to be hungry this year. And what better way to, to kind of show their mettle than to play the defending Super Bowl champs in week one and, and try to beat them. And so that's going to be a fun, fun week one. And, you know, it, it's, just, it's just interesting, man. The, the NFL always drums up the drama, right? And Always. they they do it so well with these matchups, and they get us every single time. You know, I think the the Rams have something like five or six, mm. you know, prime time matchups uh, this season. You know, the the Bengals have one of the toughest strength of schedules mm -hmm. that any NFL team has this year. It's like, 
you know, the, the Bengals wanted their respect. It's like, oh, okay, the NFL gave it to you them. What it. you going to do with it? And you know that, you know, a lot of these teams that end up losing in the Super Bowl, they come out the next season and they kind of struggle. They kind of have a slump. And so Target the Bengals are going to be yeah. – yeah, the Bengals are going to be one of those teams that, you know, they got hot last season and, and really kind of went on a run and, and it was fun to watch. And now you're – you know, it's, it's on Zach Taylor now to kind of replicate that. And that's proven to be hard for the teams that have lost the Super Bowl the previous season. So I'm interested to see if they can kind of keep it going and and if they don't get figured out. Because, you know, I think in a pinch, and this is getting really really inside baseball, but in a pinch, uh, Zach Taylor was just, you know what? Let's just run a go around Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow, just throw it up to him. Jamar's down there somewhere. And so Joe would just, you know, launch it up to Jamar and he would come down and catch it. And so what you're hoping for is is a lack of a sophomore slump in him. You know, I know he had some problems with drops before the season started. And so you hope that, you know, all that stuff is out of his system and, you know, he continues to excel kind of like how Justin Jefferson did this year. And so I'm interested to see what the Bengals do this year. And it's just going to be fun, man. The the NFL season is always fun, and it's just crazy. Here we are in May talking about these games that don't start until September, and people are really fired up about it. Reggie, don't lie. You love it. You love it. Hey, any team can do. go from worst to first and first to oh, worst. Yeah. Like you said, Bengals, probably a Super Bowl hangover coming. They're going to have a huge target on their back. So many blockbuster trades this offseason really soaks the fire here for a lot of great matchups individually and team to team this season. All right, Reggie, you survived the gauntlet. We're back here Monday after the weekend. Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and join us every day for another episode covering all the biggest topics in Minnesota sports. He's Reggie wilson follow him on twitter at reggie wilson tv and on care 11 i'm luke inman on twitter at luke underscore spinman for reggie i'm luke till monday signing out be blessed spread love this weekend this is superior sports talk with reggie wilson and luke inman part of locked on sports minnesota hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music Download the Amazon Music app today.